പോളണ്ടിൽ എന്ത് സംഭവിച്ചു പോളണ്ടിനെ പറ്റി നീ ഒരക്ഷരം മിണ്ടരുത് turning to our our theme we're continuing with um with our discussion of urban life and city life um last time with Helen we were kind of looking at um how city kind of gives you a little more freedom um but can come with its own nightmares <laughs> like you know Helen getting locked in the in the cold storage but today we're going to look at Bangalore days which looks at very much looks at city life from um um the dream yeah very idealistic about cities well and for me interesting um actually maybe let's let's give a a little summary of the film um it's about three cousins uh divya aju kutan played by um uh, nazria nazim um Dilkar Salman and Nivin Pali and uh they're very tight uh they all happen to move to Bangalore at the same time Divya is recently married um Kutan uh, is gotten a job at a software company in Bangalore and Aju is kind of just uh being artsy racing um doing his own thing and uh they they're navigating sort of the new independence that especially Kutan and uh Divya have gotten um in the city away from their parents um and um Aju is kind of finding a way to be rooted um because he hasn't been rooted for most of his life uh with you know they're forming new relationships romantic relationships friendships and uh we're the movies about how these three cousins grow um in their city life yeah and i actually saw this this film in theater and i hadn't rewatched it because i loved it so much and there was so much in it and this happens with me with films if i really love a film i can't um i have a hard time writing about it and possibly speaking about it um if i if i don't like a fi- if i really don't like a film i also find it hard it's it's the 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 films that are a little in the middle ground that i find easiest to deal with but to be honest i was when we when we decided to talk about this film i was a little afraid to watch it again because i thought what if i had this experience in the theater and it doesn't cuz often i'll see a film in the theater and love it and then take a second look and go what was i thinking but to be honest i have i've watched this now two more times and i just adore it and i think for me there's a lot of reasons including um angelie menon's really her writing is impeccable and everything has a has a purpose and even from the opening opening uh, credits where you see all the little toys that that are being played with every toy in that in that opening we'll see in real life as some part of the story but what what really and again what what i like to to think about when i'm thinking about films from um malayalam films is what is my connection how can i connect to this and i think the story of the three cousins hit me really strongly because i grew up in sort of an old fashioned strict family but and big my dad is like one of 18 children and 
he moved to Toronto. My mother moved. Again, it's like it's like people from small towns in the middle of nowhere end up in Toronto. And, um, you know, my, my mom's sister, my aunt, ended up in Toronto. Many of my dad's siblings ended up in Toronto. And most of us lived close enough that, that we were close and in and out of each other's homes all the time. I had a cousin that um same age as me, and she and I worked a part-time job at the same company. So we would, you know, share drives back and forth. We'd go out for pizza after work. Um, some of my closest cousins um, were my, my, two, my two cousins from, from my, um, my mother's side. And we would spend holidays together and... I just saw myself and these cousins in the three cousins in this film. I, I just immediately formed a connection with them. You know, I, I related to this movie in a very different way. I was living in Bombay at the time it came out. So I did actually, I traveled uh, a long way on trains to watch this movie. Um, I watched it twice, actually, um, in theaters. Uh, one with... Um, one went by myself, and I think once with two of my guy friends who had, like, kind of taken up, like, the role of my big brother in this movie. So we actually, like, really identified with it at the time. Um, I think when I watched it by myself the first time, I I liked it. I think it, I thought it was really pleasant. Um, I think the hype, you know, kind of built for it a, a little bit after that. I, I, I and I looking back on it, I still have a little bit of the same reservations that I did when I first saw it. Um, which was that some you know, especially with the Aju bits, I feel like there there's this movie's all about try hard to be cool. Um and I think it's very it's very self con it's very conscious of what it's doing. It's a very self aware film, Anjali Man like knows that she's like hitting all these like cool guy like uh, uh like metrics with Aju and um uh, and I think she's purposefully wanted it to be done in that like very mainstream, massy way to appeal to um to appeal to the people who live in cities. To, to like maybe show them like a much more glamorized version of themselves as well as like the people who you know who are back home in villages and suburbs who are like yeah this is the city life i always imagined um there's always a little bit of like uh cell phoning with um her being a golf kid and i'm like i always like pick up on her, that about her movies is like golf kids are like really like sheltered so divya really doesn't come into her own until she moves into a big city in india and um you know is able to find herself um find her you know find that like she can navigate life without her parents like telling her to do a b and c so I, I think that, uh, you know, those are the things that always stood out to me about this movie is like the like kind of poser coolness of Aju as well as the <laughs> like much more, um, to me at least, relatable, like the fact that like girl kids are super sheltered and they don't come into their own until they move to an Indian city. Well, and I, I, I like the fact, no, I can, I can see that. Um, and I, I agree with you. It's a very... Um, rose-tinted kind of view of this. Um, I think maybe Helen had a little more realistic, I mean, simply because she gets lost in a nightmare situation. Um, I, I do love the fact that f each, of, each of these three cousins is kind of at a different place. Uh, 
as well when they land up in, in Bangalore. Like Divya is, on the one hand, really open to this opportunity, and yet, you know, as Aju points out, what about your what about your MBA? Because she opens with this with a, a school ending speech about how, you know, women do most of the work and have you know, a disproportionate part of the wealth and she plans to earn her MBA and, and start a business and employ women. And it's very, um, again, that's a very rosy colored view coming out of school, but you can understand it because she's so young. And, you know, she ends up in, in Bangalore with Das, who, and I appreciated he was very open when, when, you know, they had they visited each other before the marriage. He was very open about the fact that he wasn't sure he was ready for this. And, you know, Aju, who has run away from boarding school and, and rootless and the obviously the black sheep of the family, because, I mean, he turns up for Divya's wedding. They're like, and I've seen these dynamics in my family. <laughs> it's like, oh, not that cousin. Don't be like that cousin. <laughs> And and you've got um, Kutan, who's very nostalgic about his native place. You know, and he's in Bangalore, but he goes home every weekend. And there's a scene early on where he's he's bathing, and he says something about the water is different. It really reminded me of that moment in uh, Sandasam where where Tilikan comes home after retiring from being in Tamil Nadu for a long time, and he says, "Well, the water here is different." Like there's all these echoes of the past, and he's he's much more naive than either of his cousins. Um, but you know, and they ask him, "What kind of girl do you want?" And it's a very traditional answer. Um, and each of them has to kind of move through these stages to get to grow a little more. And Bangalore, you know, throws them out of their um, sort of preconceived notions about their lives in the world and, and, and forces them to confront, in, you know, particularly with, with Divya, an issue that's, that's really challenging. Yes, and I agree. I think this, you know, for... Among the new generation films, I think we uh, this might be like the first wholehearted endorsement of city living. If uh, and you know, I can think of uh, older films that did the same thing, had a very, uh, very romanticized view of the city. Uh, but this is, you know, in. You know, I'm thinking about Vaishaka Sanke in Narodikatu, where, like, this young couple is, like, walking through the city and, like, you know, the freedom that it offers of for two young people to just uh, move together um, in, the, in the city and, and you, know, find, you know, dream of a life together um, in Narodikatu. And the, I, I, there's, there's something of that that I, that I, that, Bangalore Days picks up on that sense of hope and dreaming. Um, obviously, it's a very different city now. It's it's a liberalized city. It's a you know it's a capitalistic city. Chennai in Narodikatu was not a capitalistic city at all, um, and so you can see the influence of those movies on Anjali Menon. Um, 
she always she you know she always comes back to i'm not just i'm not interested in making art films i'm not interested in making like massy films i'm interested in the middle way that you know malayalam cinema has pioneered uh and this is a perfect example of that Gutten is such a cliche from the late 80s, early 90s period of <laughs> Malayalam cinema. Like, he is fully, like, plucked from that time period and placed in a modern movie. Um, and so she's, like, she's always in dialogue with those movies. And I find um, I get different references now than when I first watched the film because I've seen so many more films. Like the the whole thing with Tilikan, I did I hadn't seen Sundasam before watching this, and now I went, oh wait, that's like that. So I'm starting to get some of the echoes that she's picking up on. Um, I actually, <laughs> I I'm really amused by Kutten. Um and I guess we're we're supposed to be. Like he arrives in Bangalore, and he's so wet behind the ears. It's quite funny. <laughs> You know, the, the, the scene where he's out with uh, Aju in the car and they see a couple kissing and he's like really shocked. <laughs> you know, that whole that, that whole thing about if the leaf falls on the thorn or the thorn falls on the leaf, the leaf still gets hurt. And it's like, oh, goodness. <laughs> you are so old fashioned. <laughs> and that dialogue where that he says, uh, you know, that is because after a great consideration and consultation, I came to the conclusion that the socialist delusion and for me that's like all like a literally like a like talking about like liberalizing like the economy in india it's it's, it's like a, a sociology and economics lesson in like the form of a joke and i i just really love that bit because she's literally talking about this is why cities are important this is it's the site of where indian growth is well and and you know, we can, you know, for the West too, I mean, we know Bangalore. We know Bangalore because of, of the IT, or maybe I do, because I, I know so many people who work in IT, and they all have a Bangalore connection. Or, you know, some of them go to work in Bangalore, and we see that too, like Bangalore is a very cosmopolitan city, where a lot of people from, you know, the West and from India meet in Bangalore. And that becomes very important for Kutin in the end. <laughs> um but it's I, I like the I like the fact that he has to kind of navigate now all of his notions about you know who he is at his core, and then suddenly he's thrown into this situation and he has to rethink a lot of things. Um, and it I, I find it quite interesting to what happens with his parents. It is the whole thing is played as a joke. Like all of Clinton's life is like played as a joke. But there are some very serious points about like the you know these two unhappily yoked uh, older adults who just decided that this is you know that their life that um, Kutin looks as a template for his own is 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 not what they want and they decide they wanna they wanna have something else. Yeah, and I love you know the father runs off to Goa and smokes <laughs> weed. <laughs> like, it's like the ultimate hippie runaway experience. <laughs> but and I actually didn't pick up on this as much the first time, and I think that was an oversight on my part. And it, it's an example of um, something we've talked about with Urvashi because we've got Kalpana as his mother, mm -hmm. 
And when this happens, she's not particularly... She acts devastated, but she's not particularly devastated, as we discover. And she moves in with Kutten, and the whole the from the the line from his father's um, letter where he said he was feeling suffocated, mm-hmm. suddenly, Kutten realizes, "Oh my God, I'm suffocated." And the first time around, I sort of saw um, Kalpana's character as you know overbearing, suffocating mother. And then I, the second time when I saw it. I thought, no, she's she's been suffocated as well. And this is just her, you know, when she moves to Bangalore, she she brings, you know, people into the apartment, very much like Divya does when she's sort of feeling, you know, disconnected from people because she's alone a lot of the time. But she brings people in. She tells Kudin to order pizza instead of having her cook for him. Um, eventually, she decides to go to Oklahoma where her daughter is and she leaves and she's wearing pants and a, and a trench coat and, and Kutin's like are you James Bond or something but it's very it's like she's she's tossing off all of the things of her life that were suffocating her as well and and it's like and one of these little a little little role where you know the actor involved brings so much to, to the table yeah, you know, the things that she, I agree with you, the things she does are the same things Divya does. But I think part of it is like because it's a middle aged woman doing it, and Anjali Menon is very aware of how middle aged women are perceived. Uh, she's kind of playing it as a joke, but I, the, it's definitely like exactly the same thing. She wants to get run away from the village where her role has been prescribed by other people and she wants to do her own thing i mean it's sad that she doesn't have her own career or her own income to you know go off and live where she wants to but uh, she has to depend on her kids but uh you know she's 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 doing her own thing in the city just like all these young people are yep and it's you know because i guess i'm of a generation that really the second time through that really kind of spoke to me more even if it was played as a meant to be a, a joke initially I think there's more depth there than 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 maybe even Angeli Menon realized I don't know I like to think she's the kind of writer that 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 works with a lot of intention we see this a lot more in Manjari Kuru her like sensitivity um rather than her like ability to like play to an audience um and, and, and that's what, coming from what Manjari Kuru is why I was like assuming that it is, you know, it is very intentional that, that this middle-aged woman is kind of marrying what Divya does. Um, and uh, the character of Aju finding himself being, you know, suddenly like finding himself attached to someone um, he cares about very intensely and um, now she's the one who might be leaving is, uh, is you know, is, is an interesting parallel because otherwise he's the one always leaving. Um, and I, you know, it's such an interesting, I mean, she's based on a real person. She's based on uh, a, a radio jockey who is uh, wheelchair bound. Um, and she's trying to get away from this city to go to an even bigger city in Australia to have even more um, accommodations for her. Um, is, would you have any thoughts about that? Um, 
she does say at one point that some of this is at her mother's urging. Um, and her mother talks about that to Aju too, that she wants a better life for her daughter and more opportunities. And a place like Australia would give someone who is wheelchair bound more freedom and more support. Um, I also found it really interesting that she is, that Sarah is from a, a military family like Aju. And they realize that when he goes home with her and it's military um, housing. And his comment is something like, I could tell you what it's like because they're all built the same way. And Sarah's comment is, but they're all different because the people inside are different. And I think she gives him a lens into not all military families are like his military family. And she had a really good experience with her father, contrasted to his experience. He also feels that there's a moment where, you know, she announces she is going and he has kind of flashbacks to his parents and the feeling that he was abandoned by them. And it really taps into him feeling abandoned by Sarah. The lack of, of like the lack of pity in the movie for Sarah is really uh, is very uh, is very new for for uh, Malala movie handling handling disabilities. Um, she's yeah, and I think you know we in the movie we as the audience wrestle with it in the, like through Aju who who's like kind of creepily following her around, like watching her and. Uh, and like, you know, we, as he reckons with like, like, oh, this person I've kind of like developed a crush on by listening to her on the radio is uh, disabled. And, you know, what is that? What is that? How does that make me feel? How, how, how does that, you know, watching her go through her life? Uh, how does, you know, how it recontextualizes my own life for me. And, I, you know, we as the audience experience it through Aju, and I thought it was a very, like, clever way to do it. Um, and I, you know, at first I think I used, I, I, there was a time when I thought it was, like, a little tacky to be, like, the big reveal was that she was in a wheelchair. But it also shows that he has developed sort of preconceived notions about her. And... When he turns up at the radio station, because she's been having a chat on, on air about uh, doing something surprising and unexpected, so he decides, well, I'm going to turn up and surprise her. And it's he, he's the one who sort of has to, he's made, he's made um, inferences about who she is and what she's like. And at first I thought, dude, don't run away, which is initially what he does. But you realize that he's had to take a step back and figure out what, misconceptions he's had about her and yeah following her is a little creepy but it gives him the ability to see her see her life and figure it out and I mean to be fair she calls him on it yeah she notices it and she's like why are you following me around she's not you know she's not happy with him doing that um and you know like thinking about the reveal at least for me was um I think I I do think she uh, like the movie had to have it like that because um, if we hadn't heard her voice first and like gotten to like know her through her voice, we would have probably pitied her. 
um, or the movie would have had to frame it in a way we we had to where she she we had she would have had to elicit pity from us rather than oh she's just this cool person who has a radio show and like does a lot of uh, and is like very chirpy um, and this is probably. This is an unusual role for Parvati, I think. Like, she doesn't play the chirpy um, character very often. Or is that is that just my assumption of her, like, real-life persona? No, I think I think actually early on, like in a film like Notebook, but then it, it was about schoolgirls. But she was always, like, the school, like, the, like, the head girl type. Even in yeah. Notebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. She she was like pretty uh, like, um, yeah. She's the head girl type in in, in the group of friends, yeah. and she, yeah. Um, I think the you know she's she's often plays very like um, alternative or like very sensuous characters. Um, but I think this is like this is like her girl next door. But even her girl next door is a little bit edgier. Well, and you know. I mean, a good choice for that role because she has the capacity. It, you could have just hired our chirpy actress, but she has the capacity to do that and give the character some warmth and some depth. And, you know, the, the kind of depth that will make as you think. And I, and I, and I kind of like that. I mean, he, he runs away, he runs away, he runs away, he runs away from everything. And he, and, and, when Divya calls him to, to say, you need to come to my wedding, he even says, no, I'm not coming to your wedding. Um, he does, but, uh, but it's, you know, he, he, it's like he really doesn't want to connect with anyone in the family with the exception of his two cousins. And this is the first time he's had to sort of just take a step. I mean, he's run away from, he had the, the racing band too. And people are saying, well, it was only a year and it's coming up. And he's like, ah, forget it. Like he doesn't face things head on. So this is the first time that he's had to face things head on. And and I think you're right that because he only hears her voice and makes some assumptions about her personality, but it's enough to connect him to her that once he kind of works through the surprise of the situation, he doesn't want to run away anymore. And I, it is interesting and surprising to me still that they didn't bring in his parents to like have a reconciliation with him and to me that was a little bit of a question mark and maybe you know the 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 sort of end story like the sort of moral of the story is that all these three cousins need as each other um but you know you see that in the photo at the end it's them and their partners um but it was interesting, and I kind of, I think it would have added some layers to Aju as a character if they had had time to bring in the parents. Because, you know, the parents, like, are, like, hovering in the background. Even the uh, opening credits, you know, you kind of see, like, silhouettes of them. Um, you see his drawings of them, mom's dad, dad's house, uh, uh, mom's house. So, it, I, I did, you know, it, I still, I left the movie wondering about his parents. But it also connects because we've talked about um, themes of found family, um, particularly with a film like Al Malu. Um, and in some ways, I mean, three cousins are family. 
but Bangalore offers them the opportunity to choose their family a little bit. Like when Divya starts having real um, misgivings about Das, she runs home and the family's first solution is, well, we'll, we'll arrange a divorce because this is not appropriate. Mm-hmm. And you can see she's not comfortable with that either. And again, it, it's it's to Fahad Fazl's credit that another smaller character that he gives enough depth that you really um, you really believe that Divya is thinking twice about should she divorce him? Should she? And she goes decides to go back. So she makes a choice to go back to him and deal with the situation. Um, and you know, Aju instead of running away, makes a choice that he wants to be with Sarah. And uh, Kutten, <laughs> Kutten makes an interesting choice <laughs> for himself um, because he ends up invo- involved with an air hostess. I mean, here's another callback to another one of his films. Yeah. Um, the air hostess, uh, Minakshi, played by Isha Talvar. And I mean, anyone who had seen Tatadin Mariatta would have would have recognized I th- I thought that was like really inspired casting because she's I mean the 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 first film they were together in it was like this mythical kind of romance and and you know fate and and you can totally buy into the fact I mean poor couldn't meets her on an airplane but doesn't realize that she doesn't she's she's dating him but not really She's she's just using him to get back at an ex, and like the poor the poor little guy is is you know he's got these ideals of, you know she's she's her mother or is her mother Malali or I think so. one of yeah. her parents is and yeah, um, um, again it's somebody whose whole world get view gets shaken up and and you know the the dream sort of he has about his about you know the women the woman he wants to be with which are so. Um, old-fashioned and, and naive and sweet i mean she really does a number on this poor kid yeah um going back to divya and das i i will say that like uh you know she, at first she kind of goes back when she like makes she has conflicts with das and like things come out um she runs back home to like the comfort of her mom and dad and you know them telling her what to do but then she comes back to the city to to you know figure out this marriage on her own terms you know she, instead of following the template that was set by her mother basically she decides to uh and you know she like she gets rid of the maid who raised us um and who's like overbearing uh and has a lot of opinions about their life together um you know, once again, with that point of the city being a place where you can set new molds for relationships and um, figure them out on your own terms without a lot of interfering family members. Yeah, and, and what is it? Um, uh, Aju says they're, they're talking before the wedding and he's and he says something about you get married. Um, no, you get you finish school and it's yeah. when are you going to get a job? You get a job. How much do you earn? Um, and, you know, when you're earning good money, it's when are you going to get married? Uh, when you get married, when are you going to have children? When you have children, everything starts all over <laughs> again. The same right. questions. And 
I mean, it's a, it's a recognition that if they stay where they are, that that's going to be the pattern for them. And you're right, this, the, the move to Bangalore, to the big city, allows them the freedom to, to navigate choices different, differently than, than what might have been imposed on them. I mean, that really, that's another thing that really connected with me because, you know, in my family, that's, that was the thing too. Do well at school, get a good job. You know, you're not earning enough, do, do better. Um, when are you getting married? When are you having children? <laughs> like I could really connect with that, like either generationally or culturally, you know, it's part, it's part of my experience as well. So I really, like, I loved the fact that these, these three kids are out there trying to change that narrative. And, you know, because Kutan's parents both, I mean, one ran off to Goa and the other, like, went to America, I think, you know, he had a lot more uh, freedom to make different choices because they kind of, like, broke the dream for him or broke the, like, spell of that traditional, like, uh, Kerala village life. And he's, he's able to, like, see a possible partner in, like, this white girl who does very much him um, in Bangalore and, like, see that he could, like, have the kind of, like, a values in, in, in a kind of person that he necessarily wouldn't have picked up on in the first place. I think, so, I think I've, like, we've covered each of the characters pretty thoroughly. Um, and in the next episode, we'll talk about very uh Lardo, which is a very cynical take on cities <laughs> <laughs> and we've gone we've gone from from the, the nostalgic rose colored glasses view of a city to something much darker yes <laughs> much more cynical and centered on a city in Kerala in a very traditional time in that city um the Atagal Pongala is something like my family does, you know, we're from Trivandrum, so it's a big thing in our, uh, like, in my uh, extended family. Um, and so, I, I, like, it's, it's, it's a crazy time to be doing all this. <laughs> Where, like, you know, you're dedicated to, like, women, but also that, like, this whole other uh, way of treating women. No, and I, f- I found, you know... Um... I I've found this interesting to to consider, you know, how cities are the same and how how they differ um through exploring each of these films. So it's it's been really um I I've, I've enjoyed, you know, rolling these things around in in my head and seeing again, like, you know, my 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 thing is what connections as someone from outside this culture, what connections can I find in it? And cities are a good way to explore that. And to this day, Bangalore is still my favorite city in India and like all the ones I've been to. And I can't tell if it's like literally because like it's, you know, like the Malayali culture has embedded that it's a fun city because it used to be a little village basically like in the early 80s. It wasn't a big booming city like Bombay or Chennai or like Calcutta. It was a very small place and then it's like exploded into like this really happening place and so it's only of a post-liberalized india it's it would never really had a time as like a like a colonial city or a post-independence city thanks for listening to the poland in empathy podcast 
If you like what you're hearing, remember to come back for our next episode and share our podcast with your friends. If you'd like to connect with us, you can email us at polandidapati at gmail.com or reach out to us on our Twitter feed at polandidapati. See you next time.